Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. And he said, well, I think. I said, don't tell me what you think. Tell me what you feel. He couldn't. He couldn't say a word. And so I started through a list of feelings. Do you feel this? Do you feel this? And he could think a minute and say yes and say no. And his wife all of a sudden stopped crying. She said, you mean he has emotions? (laughs) And he just didn't have the language for emotions. Well, you're going to learn how to put language to your emotions on today's episode of Focus on the Family with the late Dr. David Stoop and his wife, Dr. Jan Stoop. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, today we're going to be sharing some ideas that may be pretty groundbreaking for many couples. We're going to hear about emotional intelligence in marriage. And this term is usually used in the business world, but the couple we're talking to today has found that these concepts can greatly increase intimacy and improve communication in marriage. Uh, before we recorded this interview, John and I took the smart love inventory mm-hmm. that our guests created uh, to see how we scored in our own emotional intelligence. The highest score is 120. Uh, John, lay it out there. What'd you get? I've got room to improve, Jim. I think it was, <laughs> <laughs> we all do. I think I was like an 86 or That's something. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. I hit a 98, but still under 120. Uh, I wish it were 98 out of 100. Whoever I feel can much score better. a perfect thing on that. I mean, <laughs> the emotionally intelligent, yeah, I guess course. so. Uh, but today we're going to learn exactly how to understand our emotions better and use them to grow closer to our wives like that uh, story he just told. Yeah, and that's something that we're working on in our own marriage, Dina and me. And uh, as I said, our guests are Dr. Jan Stoop and her husband, uh, the late Dr. David Stoop. Jan is a counselor, and David was the founder and director of the Center for Family Therapy. And they wrote a book together called The Emotionally Healthy Marriage, Growing Closer by Understanding Each Other. And uh, the former title of that book was Smart Love. Uh, You might hear that referenced in the program as we listen along. We do have that book and uh, the Smart Love Assessment that Jim and I have taken. Uh, That's free and online. Uh, Just look for that at focusonthefamily.ca. And here's how we began the interview recorded a number of years ago on today's episode of Focus on the Family. Hey, David and Jan, welcome to Focus on the Family. Our privilege is great. I'm looking forward to this uh, in so many ways. (laughs) How how can it help me today (laughs) be a better person? But I love this concept. Now, first of all, you've been married 60 years. So when you're talking to 20 something, 30 something married couples, Mm -hmm. do they just like drop their jaw and say, you really did that? You married yeah. and stayed married for you really 60 lived that long? years? <laughs> even when I do it, we've been married 31 years, oh, and they'll wow, go, wow, that. how did you do that? But mm-hmm. 60 years, yeah. I'm in awe, and it's well, wonderful. Well, it's interesting. The first 10 years of our marriage, we've named it uh, the Great Tribulation. So <laughs> we we never read the Tribulation books because we'd already lived through the Great Tribulation. <laughs> we We got married very young, and we didn't know much about relationships and it was a tough time but we stayed the course and i have couples come in married five years and they're in difficulty and i say 
Well, you got maybe five more years to go before you just kind of settle in. And <laughs> five years. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I don't know that. I mean, divorce wasn't in our vocabulary, so it was like we thing. had to. We never, we would never speak the word. Yeah, yeah. and that's so, good. I mean, foundational. A so lot of we, young mm-hmm. couples today need to have mm-hmm. that same yeah. attitude because it takes on a life of its own if you start talking about it. I that's thought. so very true. Uh, let's discuss emotional intelligence. Some mm-hmm. people may not have heard of that term and yeah. uh, you know, not read literature about it. What is emotional intelligence? How does it differ from IQ? And just what is it? Well, Daniel Goleman introduced the term in 95 in a book called Emotional Intelligence. And he he covered the whole spectrum. He covered family relationships and other relationships in the business world. But the business world and Harvard Business Review kind of just uh, grabbed hold of it and ran with it. So it's only been applied primarily in the business world. And it's been... uh, Probably the most important quality that a leader can have is to be strong on emotional intelligence in terms of their leadership. So it has its value been proven in the business world. And that's uh, different from what we want to talk about because where we're going and your application of those learnings really applies to marriage and to God's design in marriage, right? That's yeah, right. I, I got involved in reading everything I could read on it. And every time I'd be reading it, I'd be thinking, this applies to marriage. Why doesn't somebody do the the mm-hmm. application and finally we said, well, let's do it. Because <laughs> nobody else did. <laughs> nobody else no, and I appreciate that. That's so often <laughs> yeah. what happens. Uh, but in your own marriage, what were those deficits? You referenced them and kind of made light of them. But for us to better understand how you begin to say, okay, we aren't doing things properly, what were those things you were experiencing that lacked EQ? Well, we both grew up in Christian homes. And... Um, I mean, we had that great background, and my folks were the ones who were on their knees every night. And you would think that we would come into a marriage well-prepared. But when I said to Dave, after the first few months, uh, could we pray together? And he said, oh, oh. And I, I was very creative with the reasons not <laughs> yeah. to. Oh, oh And maybe. as our kids came along, I could pray with the family and I could pray with people. I was an associate pastor at the time. I could pray with people in my office. But to pray just with Jan, oh, that was terrifying. Well, I think, I think so he difficult. was intimidated about what do I say? Mm. What I thought I had to go down deep and reveal the dark side of my personality if I was going to pray with her. It was my own problem. I, nobody's ever said that. Right. And I thought, I can't be that open with her because then she'll mm. reject me. Yeah. And about 12, 14 years into our marriage, we, I said I bit the bullet and <laughs> said, okay, let's pray together. And we've been doing that ever since, every night, and got Never us through missed. some terrible times within our family with one of our kids and got mm-hmm. us through times with a difficulty within the marriage. Mm. It's just been a stabilizing point. But it was a flashpoint until you said, okay, I'll yeah. do uh-huh. this. And often yep. a part of what we like to teach in the seminar is how to get that going, mm. to really understand that it's not as easy for some. Others are, are very fluent in it because they came from it. Uh, but to really have a starting point. So we, we talk to them about how to start praying, uh, silently holding hands. We just we go through the whole thing. To, and it's usually the men who are holding back, but that's, mm. that's not always true. And you think but, it's that intimidation, huh? I think so, because... Yeah. Uh, 
women pray with each other at women's Bible studies. Men don't pray too often at the men's Bible studies as comfortably. Don't tell the women that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a comfort. But I've had men complain on the radio calls that we do, uh, saying, my wife won't pray out loud with me, and he wants to do it. So there are exceptions. But, but, you know, one of the things that we comment on in the book is our basic emotional posture, or we call it the BEP. And that was what, that's what was the problem in the beginning of our marriage. We didn't understand our emotions. We didn't understand. Uh, my instant reaction to any kind of criticism or conflict mm-hmm. was to get angry because that was my basic emotional posture was mm-hmm. anger. That's what I'd learned from my father and his anger and his outbursts. And I didn't want to do it, but it was almost automatic, you know. And Jan's was fear and they complimented. They ang- if I got angry, she got afraid. She had rheumatic fever when she was a kid and stayed out of school for a year. Hmm. Uh, her house was totally destroyed in an explosion one time when she was about nine. Mm-hmm. So those kind of feed into a fear posture. Hmm. And so I would get angry, she'd get afraid and back off, or she'd leave. She would often leave. <laughs> I'd actually walk out. <laughs> and, and go for a walk. And I would, yeah. it'd be nighttime, and I'd be worried about her, you mm. know, and have oh, to go yeah. find her. And that's part of it, the SMART concept, that acronym. Mm-hmm. And we want to dive into that. But give us a quick overview of SMART, and then we'll start to dive a little deeper in each well, of those. Well, the, the SMART is an acronym for uh, five facets of what, emotional intelligence in a marriage would look like. One, the, the S is uh, self-aware of what I feel. And it maybe I start to become aware of it after I feel it. And after we've had the argument, I was angry, I'm sorry. Then I, I want to grow to the place where I can become aware of what I'm feeling at the time mm-hmm. so I can manage it in that. And the M stands for managing my emotions. Uh, the biblical concept from Timothy there was self-control. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And so how do I do self-control? Well, I manage what I feel, especially the four negative emotions of anger, fear, shame, and sadness. And uh, then the A, we added the A. Uh, and we <laughs> yeah. felt... Well, it well, makes a much better <laughs> word. Yeah, the publisher, didn't, the publisher didn't want to do SMRT. <laughs> yeah, smirk. My son said, well, that's kind of the way they, people do things now. But, I'm pretty smirk. But they... Uh, <laughs> When Goldman first introduced it, he had five facets, and, and motivation was the one that was eliminated eventually. So, mm. so we added accountability, being accountable to myself, oh, that's good. being accountable to yeah. my spouse, and being accountable to other couples and how important that is. Uh, and then the R is reading my spouse's emotions, which is a way of saying I have empathy. And I can read her emotions because I've developed my own self-awareness and managing my own emotions, and I'm comfortable now with my own feelings, and so I can be comfortable in reading and interpreting her feelings. This might be one of the key areas, reading your spouse's mm-hmm. emotional feelings. That makes I all think the difference. It does make all the difference. It's yeah. probably one of the most difficult of what you've mentioned so far mm-hmm. to actually accomplish, but, because but we see, bury I, ourselves. If I work on this, the S and the M and those facets, then I'm equipping myself to develop the skill at the empathy level. Right. And we're going to get into each of these more in just a minute, but let's get T. We got smart. T is together in the land of emotion. We talk, I talk about the land of emotions uh, in the beginning of the book. And so T means that we're together, we're comfortable to, in, with our emotional world now. Boy, equally. that's a big and one, too. That's a big one, too. <laughs> yeah. Being comfortable in those the land of emotions. Those are consequences. 
The R and the yeah. T are consequences of my developing the S and the M and the A. Let's go back before we get into the SMART acronym more deeply. The negative emotions you touched on, anger, fear, sadness, shame. Well, they, the, all of the emotional theorists agree that there are six basic emotions. They, yeah. They, uh, anger, fear are common, and then sometimes they use disgust, but disgust doesn't fit what I'm doing, so I, <laughs> I went with the others who use shame and sadness. And then there's joy and there's surprise. Mm. And joy so and surprise don't... we concentrate on the first four because that's, that's the issue. That's where the problems come. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get in trouble with it because you're too joyful or... <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes I've surprised my wife and she didn't really like well, that a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was the motivation behind the surprise. Yeah, that, that could be it. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're finding and have found over the years that you've done this that men are typically going to struggle a bit more with the concepts, uh, more so than women. Why is that? Well, it's not mm. that men don't have emotions, although their wives are convinced they don't have any emotions, you know. I had a couple in my office where she was extremely angry. I, I always said that the door frame of my the door of my office charred when she walked through oh it. My. Oh, the man. heat of her anger, you know. <laughs> and then she sat there with her arms folded and just stared at me and I said, You're you're very angry, aren't you? And she says, How astute <laughs> <laughs> Well I he, she was talking and she started crying, really crying heavily, and I I turned to him, I said, What are you feeling right now? As you watch your wife feel so pained. And he said, well, I think. I said, don't tell me what you think. Tell me what you feel. He couldn't. He couldn't say a word. And so I started through a list of feelings. Do you feel this? Do you feel this? And he could think a minute and say yes and say no. And his wife all of a sudden stopped crying. She said, you mean he has emotions? <laughs> and he just didn't have the language for right. emotions. Mm -hmm. But he, he could help. Mm. So we have, a, we have a chart in the book of the four negative emotions. And I think there's nine sub-feelings that go under it. Description. Descriptions yeah. of, of that emotion, how we might characterize it. And I suggest that you take it and laminate it and carry it with you if you're a man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, well, it's a great idea, yeah. and I was even thinking about that. I think we do not connect these dots very well as men. No, we, we, we will say we feel angry, but then what does that really mean? And that's in fact, the only emotion we, we are aware of. Yeah, and let me just read some of those descriptors, because even as I was well, prepping that, for the important. show, it helped. See, yeah. It helped me go, oh, that's the label. Mm -hmm. But under anger, it's furious, enraged, uh, irate, seething, upset, frustrated, annoyed, irritated, touchy. I mean, that, that yeah. gives some All substance to anger. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found that to be really helpful because <laughs> I, it's like multidimensional. And say, well, this was I'm feeling, that goes under the rubric of fear or shame or, what, or, or sadness. You know, mm -hmm. Unworthy is the sadness. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Hi, I'm Chris. Did you know that the Odyssey Adventure Club is now available around the world? Listeners in more than 200 countries can access every Adventures in Odyssey episode wherever they are. The club is a great way to put faith into action, too, because a portion of every membership goes directly to people sharing the love of Jesus. Now, wherever you live, 
from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe, you can join the club today at oaclub.org. Check out Focus on the Family Canada's daily broadcast app and join millions of listeners as they tune into the daily broadcast every day with Jim Daly and John Fuller. Featuring interviews with a variety of Christian experts giving tips and advice on how to be a better spouse, parent, or follower of Christ. Take an authentic and inspirational look at the family, all from a godly perspective. Get the free app today at focusonthefamily.ca slash mobile, or visit your Apple, Google, or Windows app store. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Let me ask you a more fundamental question. Why is it so scary or intimidating for us in our marriages to be vulnerable that way? Mm -hmm. You would think that, particularly with Christian marriages, that we would want to understand each other as best as we could, to uh, learn about each other, to have a smart love. Uh, But even in Christian marriages, we pull back, we hide, we don't uh, let the other person in, the spouse that we know and love so much. Well, we can do it before we're married to some degree. Right, and it's it's, attractive. Yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden, the person we were going to marry disappears and the real person comes at the wedding and... Now it all changes. It, it changed for us. The, as soon as the ceremony was over, it was like I was a different person. In what but, way? Just give us some descriptors. I, I became more controlling and less understanding because mm. I was, you know, I, like I say, I was young. I was immature. I didn't understand. I think it has a lot to do with maturity, but it has to do with self-acceptance because there, there's a sense in which my feelings are the closest part of me to my soul. And that's the most vulnerable place that I have is when I get emotional. So a guy will cry in a movie, but he's got to be sure and clear up his eyes before the lights come back on. <laughs> that's for sure. And it's okay. He might allow himself to do that. But if, to talk about it with his wife afterwards, that's weak. And mm. we, we often define that as weak, too, which makes it difficult. Yeah. Mm. Jan, how about for you as the wife? And you, I don't know if you saw that right away, that change at the altar, so to speak. You, well, you moved from smart love to stupid love, and thankfully you got back to, to smart me, love. To me, it felt like, <laughs> oh, I've got you now. <laughs> yeah, I've got you now, so we're done now. This is and the so real we're, me. We're, we're in the real world now. But, um, but a lot of it was triggered by my changes, too, after the marriage. I felt trapped. I felt like I was going to be... Um, just overshadowed, or I, it wasn't important for me to get my degrees, or all those things came about within the I fact didn't know that. I you felt that. <laughs> here we go, right here. Breaking news. Uh, <laughs> Will they make but, it to 61? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think that um, it took a lot of years for me to feel comfortable, like I was. Um, I, my decisions were important, and all those things that a woman wants. They were sort of shadowed because we were, but a lot of it was because we were we were not on the same page a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Both of us were working, we were busy, and then uh, we had children really quick. And so I think that both of us had a, a big part in what we did those first 10 years. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It's an interplay between the wife's fears and the husband's fears. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what to do with our fears at that stage. And so we... We give in to them, and that just perpetuates the cycle. Well, and so many, again, you've been married 60 years. So many couples experience 20, 30 years of hiding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe they continue to just... 
be there and eventually one of them dies. That's a lonely that's right. feeling. And that's a lonely feeling. Yeah. And this is the point. So many, particularly women, feel lonely in their marriages. That's why the seven-year itch, the old seven-year itch has become the 37-year mm. itch because a lot of divorces are taking place in the late 30s and they're initiated by the wife. Right. Because she's fed up with the loneliness. And the kids are gone, usually kids empty, are gone, empty nest, and that's yeah. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into SMART again, and let's go a little deeper with each of the acronyms. That's okay. the goal. And we'll get to one or two today, and then we'll have to come back next time and cover okay. the others. Okay. But uh, let's start with S. Uh, what does it mean again, and what is that self-awareness? Uh, how is that defined? And why are so many of us just bad at it? Is it the fall? Is it sin well, nature? Is it, I, What is it? I, I think it's think sin. As women, we are we're, we are bad at it too. We, you know, I had never ever thought about what kind of um, category I was in as far as my emotions until we started doing something like this. But I had no idea of all the fears that I was working with. Women do coming, tend yeah. to be bound by fear. Yeah, I mean it's and, a general statement, but and so yeah, so for me. Uh, that first part, what is so important under the S, is that we begin to find our basic emotional posture. Mm. And that's so important that you start there because that's going to overshadow everything else that you, you do with this SMART. Basic emotional posture, so define that for and, us. And we call it the BEP, B-E-P. <laughs> and and what does it actually that's, mean? What that's, is it to be in okay. your basic That's my posture? default position. That's the place that I go to automatically without even thinking. What do those attributes look like? Uh, anger? Mm-hmm. A, for me, it would be anger. For Jan, it would be fear. I did a workshop last week, and my guy came up to me afterwards and said, when you started talking about that, he said, I knew immediately my basic emotional posture was shame because of how he mm-hmm. was raised. And then the sadness is the, the feeling of, Total unworthiness and hopelessness. So those four basic, it's going to be those one emotions. of those yeah. to start and, and, with. And those are just present, and those, it takes a little bit of stress maybe or a circumstance, and, that, and that's where it I comes, gets, it it gets triggered instantly. And it's probably comes from things, people that I've experienced growing up or events that I experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. And so there's an action plan, the first action plan. After the smart, well, well, under each one of those S M A R T that we have, right? We, there's five action plans. ten action plans, so, and the okay. first one that you come to is to define your emotional posture, and it asks you questions to discuss with your spouse about who represented that emotion mm-hmm. when you were growing up, how was it experienced, and things like that to try to get at the root of it so that you understand where it comes from. But it's it's like a trigger point, and boom, I'm there. I'm acting out that, that So it's what, your buttons, what pushes your button. button. Yeah. So it's, it's the buttons, buttons, anger mm-hmm. or shame. Yeah, or it's the emotion it that's attached be. to all of my buttons. Right. And, and then once you decide, or not decide, because you don't have to decide, but, but you realize that you are probably in that category, then I can see all the places that I use that. One of the things, the fears I got out of my childhood was I was not going to have enough. I wasn't going to have the mm-hmm. right things and all those things because of our losing everything as a child. And um, I realized that I treat him like that. If I see him uh, carrying something out of the house and I say, <laughs> Towards are the you, trash can. Are you, you going to put that in the trash? And I, I think, well, okay, all right, but I wanted to have some choice in that. Mm. And so I can just feel, even subtly, the triggers of fear. 
on things like that even. Yeah. You, you know, one of the difficulties, again, as Christians, I think we can um, kind of play this down as just a bunch of psychology. Mm-hmm. but. The Lord does encourage us to know our hearts as best we can, to know yeah. more accurately who mm-hmm. we are, mm-hmm. because that groundedness allows you to say, oh, I'm outside of his will. I'm sinning. Mm-hmm. You have to have an awareness that you're in the right spot or you're not in the right spot. And that's really what we're driving at well, overall, right? Paul says, be angry, but don't sin. So there's a way to be angry that's healthy, and there's a way to be angry that's sinful. And I think that to be true for any of the negative. And there's a way to be fearful that that's... That's appropriate. Reasonable. It's appropriate. There's ways that not to. But yeah. that be the the basic. The reason we want to identify that is that becomes the first emotion that we're going to we're going to learn to manage, because that's the one that gets us in trouble in our marriage, and that's the one that we've got to get a handle on and kind of release our buttons so that they're not so easily triggered. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back next time and talk more about this. But uh, you used an analogy in your book. Of the puts a smile on my face right now. It's the Eskimo culture and how young people enter into adulthood. Yes. Uh, it's kind of unique. What was it? Well, they had to touch a bear. Not just a bear, a, a polar, polar bear. bear. They <laughs> had to touch a polar bear. And and basically what they had to do was face the biggest fear that they would ever live with. Hmm. And hmm. to successfully do that launched you into adulthood. And to not successfully do it kept you from that. It's like the Old Testament blessing. Yes. Where the father would launch the, uh, him into adulthood mm-hmm. by blessing him. Mm. David, in that context, just for some of us who may not see it clearly, what does that do for me? What's the emotion that it's uh, pulling out that's positive to go up and touch your biggest fear? Well, if I can touch my, the thing I'm most afraid of, I, there's nothing I need to be afraid of anymore. Mm. And so I, I see myself as being competent so As confidence, adult, courage, courage and, all the brighter sides of emotion. Yeah, yeah. and uh, fear grows when we don't face it. Hmm. And so we become more afraid if we don't deal with the fear that we have. And and I have a book called There's a Nightmare in My Closet where the little boy finally faces this fear that there is a nightmare in the closet and he turns the light back on after going to bed and sure enough there's this big monster at the bottom of his bed and he shoots it. And the monster starts crying, and then he tries to get him to stop crying. Finally, he puts him into bed with him, and he says, I'm sure there's another monster in my closet, but there's only room in my bed for one. And it's a book on fear, and I have adults read it right in my office. It's a Mm. children's book. Because if you face what you're afraid of, it becomes a crying little baby rather than a scary monster. And so, in a sense, I have mastery over the polar bear because I could reach up and touch it and survived it. And we're going to press pause right there in our conversation with the late Dr. David Stoop and his wife, Dr. Jan Stoop. And we'll be back next time to share the conclusion of the conversation. Uh, John, it's true that treading into the territory of emotions can be really scary, especially for us guys. I remember a time in our marriage when Jean said, I love you, I just don't like you right now. (laughs) And her saying that really brought uh, so many emotions up in me, and I didn't know really what to do with those feelings. But as David and Jan have reminded us today, processing and sharing what we're feeling, even when we're hurt or angry, is a fast track to greater intimacy in our marriages. It's just like the Lord to set it up that way. When that vulnerability is there, 
then he moves through us. If you're ready to work on your emotional intelligence in your marriage, uh, the perfect place to start is the Stoops book, The Emotionally Healthy Marriage, Growing Closer by Understanding Each Other. It dives deeper into each part of the SMART acronym and also includes a detailed assessment for you and your spouse to do. And please, order The Emotionally Healthy Marriage directly from Focus Canada so your support goes right back into helping other couples in Canada and helping to strengthen their marriages. And the number to donate and get that book is 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we hear more from Dr. David and Dr. Jan Stoop to help you and your family thrive in Christ.